0: Need connection? Accountability? Support as you explore the next level version of you? Give yourself a real gift this year. The gift of time. The Warrior Women Mastermind is starting again in January. A curated group of six amazing women in a safe, collaborative setting. Think you don't have enough time? The money? Wrong. Ask yourself if you're worth three hours a month, and $25 a day. The biggest discovery some of the women who sign up for my mastermind figure out is they have so much in common with other women and that they have traded their worth for a to-do list. Set up your interview call with me by going to lizswatek.com. That's L-I-Z-S-V-A-T-E-K.com. Space is limited and will sell out fast. Don't miss this opportunity to put yourself first. Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Warrior Women, today we are going to talk about where we are as a nation when it comes to racism. I met my guest today through Molly and Lily founder Joanne Lord, and after our initial conversation, I realized she really wanted our audience to know that we have not moved the needle since the murder of George Floyd. That racism is alive and well, and we need to wake up, and why it affects everyone, white, or Black. After our conversation, I listened to an episode of a podcast called Red Table Talk, where Jada Pinkett Smith's mom, Gammy, as they call her, Adrian Norris is her name, interviewed her son-in-law, Will Smith. He said that the world has come a long way in acknowledging racism, something that Black people have been trying to tell us for years. We have a lot of work to do. We all can agree on that. But it's important that we continue this conversation of race and that we should vote like a Black woman. Let's dive in, but first, our sponsor. Being an entrepreneur can be lonely. That's why I joined the Bra Network. That's the Business Relationships Alliance. Just like a good bra, the Bra Network lifts, gathers, and connects you to other like-minded entrepreneurial women with the knowledge that when we work together, we rise together. For me, the Bra Network provides the community, mentorship, collaboration, and empowerment I was looking for. From business, marketing, and finance courses, to curated events, to weekly Zoom meetups, the Bra Network works to advance women across the country. If you haven't joined, now's the time. Use your special code, WARRIOR, for your discount. And join today at branetwork.com. That's bra-network.com. Hello, everyone. Today, we have Saria Rigo. She is a financial advisor, speaker, mentor, and advocate for Black lives and justice. A Chicago, Illinois native, Saria grew up understanding that hard work didn't lead to wealth. She chose finance as a major when confronted with the expense of medical school. Saria considers herself to be lucky not only to have this financial degree, which is rare for women and people of color, but also to have worked for several different firms. Her views were also shaped by her seven years as a domestic and international model with clients such as Tommy Hilfiger, Guess, YSL, and Yahoo. Saria is changing (laughs) the game in the Black community with her educational series, Black Wealth Matters. Welcome to the show, Saria, I'm so glad you're here today. I'm so excited to talk to you. We met, we actually met at a little event that my friend Joanne Lord was doing a little fashion pop-up for Molly and Lily. You guys know Joanne Lord. She's one of our top podcasts that we have on this show. Tell me about your life growing up. Is this where you thought you would end up?
1: You know, I didn't really have a thought as to where I would end up when I was little. And the reason why was because I knew enough to know that my family wasn't really taking advantage of the American dream. But then I also saw families on TV that had better lives. So I was like, okay, so it's out there. I just got to figure out how to get there. (laughs) So I didn't have a path. I just knew I needed to blaze my own, but I didn't, I didn't really have a preference growing. I didn't care. I just wanted to be safe, successful, creating opportunities, doing what I want. I wanted that. I didn't care what that looked like.
0: Independence, (laughs) financial, and and independence on all levels.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I was open. I was like, I don't care. A model sounds good. Doesn't work anymore. Okay, money. Money sounds great. Do I have to keep going to school for it? Great. I don't. Perfect. Well,
0: you've definitely, you've definitely found your path. Let me say that. You have created this amazing series. I was so, I actually went through all, I went to see all the different speakers. The powerhouse you have in this educational series is actually amazing. You created this educational series with Black leaders in different industries called Black Wealth Matters. Tell me about this educational series and why it's so important.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think my speakers are amazing too. And the reasons why I really go out of my way to pick amazing speakers is because the internet has created so many experts. Uh-huh. They're Expert not. <laughs> so it's it's so like, true oh, though. It's so true. Experts, yeah, what? Right? Yeah. Yeah. The internet has created way too many experts for me, and I'm like, well, what's your background? Well, where are you from? Nothing. crickets. And so the 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 initial start of the series was this. Anytime you do something, you just need to be able to learn about it, just learn. So I started learning about money, just period, money from how the Romans used money to how the stock market started in England. I just wanted to learn about currency. And then when I came to the American currency market, you can't talk about money in America without talking about slavery. And it was so intertwined. And I was like, well, if I really want to understand money, I should probably start looking at slavery a little bit more. So then I started reading books about slavery and and the end of that. And then the first black millionaires out of slavery and then, uh, which is a book called, um, black fortunes. It's literally about the first six black millionaires. Ooh, I'm going to read 30. that book. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and surprise, surprise, three were women. And that if, is amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I started reading about that and then I was like, well, well, hell seria, that's history you don't know enough about history. So then I started reading about history. <laughs> and a book that I read that was getting a lot of press at the time was uh, a book called White Trash. I saw it on uh, The View and it was from a historian. And she was talking about how the people came from England and they were they were on the bottom. If it was a caste system, they were the untouchables. And then they in turn uh, created the caste, uh, they created the the culture, the the unspoken culture. And that's kind of what we're still dealing with today. So I, if you just, so I just been kind of like really studying and, and all of it created this big curiosity for me. And then I got slapped in the face. Um, and that's just, I can't even say slapped in the face. I got punched in the gut. My whole world was rocked when George Floyd was murdered because I just, I, I just never, I nobody has seen anything like that who sees something like that you know and I I was I was traumatized we all were traumatized I didn't even see the video I saw a picture and I I woke up in the middle of the night crying because it was just too much I didn't even see I, I already knew I couldn't watch the video I was like nope Saria, but I I accidentally saw a picture and I was like Wah! it was just it was way too much and then I I realized that in our capitalistic society Money has more to do with the conversation than we would like to believe. Oh, God. Yeah. And, and that's where the Black Wealth series came from, because I started creating and connecting everything to money. Slavery absolutely was about slavery first, which was free labor. And then it became about racism, you know, uh, to you can separate us. You can see us. We're We're right there. We're black. We're different than everybody else. Right. But it was about money. And there's so much that's done in America still in regards to black people that has a financial foundation. Some hate. Some of it is still good old fashioned. I can't stand you. But some of it is still money. Say a little bit about this series, because when I looked, I saw you had Tatiana Ali. Like
0: you're not just talking about I mean, you're right. Money is sort of the source, right? It's the source of everything. So you know, Tatiana Ali was talking about, okay, I'm black and I'm giving birth. She's got money. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And now, but still she felt when she went to give birth, she felt unsafe. And so, right. right. And so it's, it's money, but then it's also like hatred
1: and and dismissiveness and, and the the culture of not giving voice to black feelings when we're talking about it. So the series, I started with um, politics and health because it was right at the top of COVID. And we were also going into an election the next month. So this first speaker was a politician. And then at the end, it was all about doctors, everything from mental health to the environment, which affects affects our health, and then uh, the medical industry. And she even touched on some of the issues with black women having birth right then and there. But her conversation was really about COVID, right? COVID was, this was before COVID was even um, before it, it had the numbers. Now it has all the numbers of people who have died, but this was before it and and the vaccine. And uh, actually it was after, but I feel like I hadn't had anyone that died yet. Right. Now right. I have a bunch of people that died of COVID. So that was something that I felt like was really important because it was time sensitive. But what I really wanted to get to was the police. So the second series was all about the police. It was everything from the political aspect of policing because the police is set up by the government. Right. Uh, so kind of looking at I mean,
0: it seems like in everything you're doing. Sorry to interrupt you, but don't know you're going to say, because I hate when people do this to me, but I have to get this Very out good. before I forget it. Um, uh, but it, it seems like within all of these things, we're kind of dealing with systemic racism, right? Like within yes. the medical industry, within the police, Like, and you're just yes. basically going in and saying, let's, let's unpack this, let's unravel this and look at, look at it from all sides and say, well, why would it be this way? Somebody has to be profiting. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to be making these decisions. Who's Absolutely. making these decisions, Absolutely. right? So kind of mm-hmm. educating people on where is this coming from? This is real, this is happening how why why is it happening because it's not just happening out of nowhere somebody's making money yeah something
1: is going on right yeah and what i've learned is that it's always happened it hasn't ever stopped happening we just get confused and we think that it didn't because it, it either didn't affect us or we don't know anyone that it has affected so we get confused and think that it didn't happen but it's always happened and that's what that's the through line of the Blackwell series it really uncovers uh who everyone is and and Tatiana Lee Ashley has a degree in African-American studies from Harvard. So she's a great speaker to talk about the history of America in terms of birth. Uh, That's why I selected her. All of my all of my speakers are top notch, regardless of whatever else they're doing. They're top notch, I think, because I think it's so important to make sure that when you're listening to someone, listen to someone you trust. I get so tired of people sending me videos of people that I wouldn't listen to about a hangmail. Right. No,
0: these are people who have are established in their field, they're leaders in their field, and they and they have an expertise, actual yes. expertise. In, actual <laughs> and <So>. invested time. <laughs> yes. Well, it's an amazing series. Okay, so let's talk about this. I mean, you and I've talked about this offline a little bit, but this battle of teaching accurate history. And the reason I'm saying accurate history is I want you all to know that you can't change history. History happened, so you can't change it. Um, but this battle of teaching accurate history to our kids is something that's constantly in the news these days. You say we need to aggressively learn American history as it pertains to the most marginalized and abused groups, because the reality is that nothing has really changed. Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, I I Look on the news, and I hear people talking about critical race theory. Critical race theory, and parents being afraid that their kids are going to feel bad and get their feelings hurt, and all that. And then I was like, I I hear other like lawyers like, no, critical race theory is only taught at universities. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't think they're talking about critical race theory at all. I think they're talking about history. (laughs) And I'm, and it, it just, it literally just dawned on me the other day that people are afraid for their kids to be taught American history. Yeah, just because American you're right. history. it's not oh. even black history. It's American just history. It's American history because black
0: people are living in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right when you're saying this critical race theory and all, all of this mess that they think they're they think somehow if they just push it to the side that it didn't happen. But it did happen
1: and it if did. we don't learn from it, what's going to happen to us, right? Yeah, yeah. and right. we also just need to have a understanding that America has been cruel to lots and lots of people. One of the earliest cruelties were witch trials against just, just regular white women that were in their communities, their mothers, daughters, nieces, nep- nephews. Nope, not nephews. Nieces. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. Just women who maybe thought they wanted to boil some herbs and, and cure something, you know, in, an, in a more
1: natural way or women who had intuition. The reality well, is we don't know. It could yeah. have been just a woman who said, no, thank you. I'm 12 and we're not getting married. You know, it could have been a, it could have been anything. We don't know. It could have been somebody who was molested and they were afraid that they were going to tell on them. We don't know. But what I do know is that if you give people too much power, that's usually what it ends up looking like. But they were burning these people alive for a very long time. That's America. But whenever you you whenever Halloween season comes around, people talk about witches, the Salem witch trials like it was cute because, you know, in the movies, the witch gets hanged. But she comes back years later. Those women were not coming back. They were set on fire. They were killed. And that, that was the start of it. Right. And then slavery. And then it just I I'm I get confused about the timelines. I was listening to a podcast this morning and the guy was like, you know, John Adams founded Harvard University about 300 years ago and 300 years ago. That's three people who are 100 years old. That's not a lot of time. No. Like, so that's why I feel like America gaslights us on history (laughs) because when we hear about slavery, we're like, well, slavery was 400 years ago. How, how was it 400 years ago when Harvard was founded 300 years ago and Frederick Douglass was refused to go to, he wasn't able to go to Harvard, but he was a slave. So the the numbers just don't add up for me and it frustrates me.
0: And I think that people maybe. love to move the goalpost. And I think, yeah. you know, people like these school boards, I, have, I was telling you, I have a friend who lives in that little tiny town in Texas where they're, the school board's going crazy. And that school board is owned by, and when I say owned, um, this rich white woman is controlling the school board and she doesn't even have uh, a kid at the school. <laughs> and so, is over there spending all her money and threatening everybody that she doesn't like race theory at a school where she does not have children attending. And my friend, who is a white woman also, um, has a child at the school and is enraged, but she's afraid because every time she opens her mouth and says, this is wrong, her kid loses another friend, gets kicked off the soccer team. So there's repercussions, but she also knows, and you've said- that being uh, an advocate, being a a person who's going to be out there fighting for justice, you're going to get hurt. You're going to, people are going to hate you. It's just, and you, and there's really no way around that. You just have to kind of, you know, do, do, keep pushing.
1: Well, for her, I would say the way around it is um, do as much as you can quietly. Like the Black Wolf series is almost invite only. And all of your warrior women are welcome to come. But I don't try to be out in public because I know that that leads to anytime someone says black, uh, races hear anti-white. So they hear a black version of the Ku Klux Klan, right? And so it scares them. And so they, they're they like, we got to stop the problem. <laughs> and I'm like, no. But there, but because the reality is, I guess you can't exist as a racist in a world where there's equality for everyone. It doesn't work for you because who are you if you're not the elite white nationalist, you don't have anything else.
0: Absolutely. Well, you know what? People seem to believe that racism is a thing of the past. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. Why is it important for both Black and white people to stop going to sleep on this issue? Or as you say, be conveniently confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, conveniently confused uh, about the fact that racism is not only alive and well, but really we have not really moved the needle that much.
1: Yeah. If you think of, I think it, let's talk about how it hasn't moved. And then we'll talk about um, why it's important for us to not play with it. Uh, why it hasn't moved is because change is hard. Change is hard. And, and like, if we're losing weight, we don't just stop, we don't just monitor our eating. We monitor our sleeping. We monitor our friends. Like everything has to change around us in order for us to lose weight, right? That's yeah. just a real fact of it. And unfortunately, it's a lot. It's a lot of change, but that's what everything, when we do our mental uh, mindset, which you're, you have a community of growth and development and that takes, that's all the time, right? It's all consuming. The problem in America is we haven't done anything. Not only have we not done anything, but we're conveniently confused about what is even going on right now. Like with George Floyd's murder, people were confused. Well, I don't think he died at all. I think that he had a stroke. He was on drugs. So people who are on drugs obviously just die anytime you put a little pressure on their neck, like the weirdest things you ever want to hear because we want to be so confused. And that just doesn't work. So we haven't done enough. And laws, our legal system in America, honestly, is what upholds systemic racism. And if you don't believe me, just remember, slavery was legal. Like all of the things that we've had to deal with as people, they've been legal. They've, they've been upheld by the law. And today, the voting rights are being changed. The abortion rights are being changed. You guys, it's not, I'm. it's today. I, I don't even have to go back. It's right now, right here, right? So nothing has actually changed. And my hope is that if we can start really looking at what occurred and where we are today, then we can make a change, but we can't change. If people are like, I don't know what's happening, it doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. And, and <laughs> yeah. you made the point
0: that it's coming for you. So like as much as point, you it in your own little silo and say, oh, well, you know what? I, you know, that, that that's not going to affect
1: me. It does affect you. So well, it I speak absolutely does. Yes. And thank you. So that's the... That's the point. At the end of the day, if we're pretending like it doesn't exist, guess what you don't get to do? You don't get to warn your your biracial son about a sundown town where if he's caught during the dark hours, he can get lynched. In Illinois, there was a young guy who was a medical student at a school, 45 minutes from the school I graduated from. He was lynched. They 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 killed him. They. Uh, cut his penis in half. they sawed his bottom jaw off. Uh, I'm sorry, they didn't cut it in half. They cut it in two down the middle. Um, they sawed his jaw off. They did all of these unspeakable things. This was a month ago, right? So when we're not talking about racism and we're pretending like it doesn't exist, that then that that kid doesn't know that 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 fire is hot. and they're gonna put their hand right on that fire and now they're gonna get burned, right? And it's not, I mean, I I hate to start talking about women issues, but same thing, one of the through lines of racism is racists are sexist too. They're homophobic as well. Their hate isn't compartmentalized. As a woman, if a woman is racist, her hate might be compartmentalized and it's probably not. She probably hates herself too a little bit, but (laughs) in general, These guys are uh, there was a story. They they hate everyone. There was a story of a guy who ran over a black kid. He ran him over. This was a few years ago. He ran him over, killed him. And he was all, you know, white nationalist. And he was he had just got out of jail. Guess what he went to jail for? He went to jail for taking his white wife's head and pushing it through um, a window. That's what he was in jail for.
0: So this, is, this is to me the most eye-opening point that when you, we were talking before we even got on. So you don't have to be Black to understand that if a person hates Black people, they probably hate women, they probably hate gay people. People are very, you're 100% correct, correct that when somebody's racist and they have it out for whoever, Chinese people, black people, anything. They also have it out for gay people, for women, for a whole host of other things. So if you think that you're gonna be a safe white person, God bless you if you have a gay son or if you're a woman because they're coming for you next. So we are in this together. And that is, I think, a really good point is we can't just go to sleep on the fact that, that things are happening to black people because they are happening to black people, inordinately
1: happening to black people. But
0: it's it, it, they're coming for all of us,
1: so you got to yeah. it up. How many little white girls are raped at, at universities? And they they one situation a guy walked in on the rape was traumatized went to the the went to the, the authorities. The kid was on trial, got no time in jail, was on probation, right? So it's it's that and I I promise you that guy who is the rapist. He has other, he has other hatreds. They, oh. they will show up. They and, will show and up. he's raped before. Yeah.
0: Let's, go, let's go there. Um, yeah. I, I love like, to use, yeah. I love to use the term uh, white terrorism. It pisses a lot. I had, I, last time I posted on Instagram and I talked about white ter- terrorism, I had about five people unfollow me. No problem. <laughs>
1: Uh, and this is on my personal. This is on my
0: personal page. <laughs> yeah, right that's right. nothing. So these were five actual people I knew. Oh. Um, they did not like that. Um, I also had somebody, a couple of people in front of me on Facebook. The reason why I, I'm unafraid to use that term is because when you look at all the people who are, you know, gun-toting, uh, AK-47 carrying people, I don't see women. I don't <clears> see <throat> black people. I don't see Asian people. I see white boys, predominantly white boys between 15 and 18. I will even say I'll even call an 18 year old a boy for the moment. But that is who is killing people. So when we talk about white terrorism, that's I mean, that's what I'm using to kind of continue to describe the continuing problem of white supremacy. But Kyle Rittenhouse, which which infuriates me to know he's our latest example. He's just the latest one. He's the new flavor of the month. Um, But what are white people missing about Kyle Rittenhouse? Because we talked about this, too. It's by the same token that Kyle Rittenhouse did not just go and kill some black
1: people. Kyle Rittenhouse. He killed white people at all. He killed white kids. He killed white kids kids who were at um, an event protesting uh, for injustice. Like, why can't we protest injustice now? Is that is. Do we? But black people have never been able to protest injustice. We have Martin Luther King with their uh, best clothes on, getting attacked by dogs and 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 you know fire hydrant. So what I feel like we're missing. Kyle's the exact same. He was there's videos of him literally trying to fist fight a woman, a girl at his university. I saw the videos, and I think the main thing that I want you guys to understand is that. When a white person is guilty, there is nothing that can put them in jail. Nothing that can put them in jail. Very little. When a black person is in the system, there's nothing that can keep them out. Nothing that can keep them out. Like there, if they are even looked at by a police and put in a system, it's it's now there's an there's an incident. There, it's going to be very hard for them to get out of the systemic racist thing that we call our political system. But a white kid, it's, this guy, he might go free. He literally killed two people. There's a case right now where all of the celebrities are uh, up in arms because a guy named, I think his name is J- something Jones. He was on death row in Cincinnati yes. and they just commuted him today. Uh, in the the They're saying the evidence isn't a thousand percent it's not a thousand percent. He wasn't, he was like, they're saying is it's something to look at. It took every damn celebrity that we got. <laughs> yeah, is on this guy's side. Yeah. To get on this guy's side. How many other people don't have anyone on their side? How many, how many black men and women out of whatever, Shreveport, Baton Rouge, Whitewater, Mississippi, whatever, where they have no access that have gotten quietly executed or quietly um, put in prison for their entire life when something was incorrect. But meanwhile, Kyle Rittenhouse took his young self to a protest with a gun. Yeah, with an AK-47, <inaudible> people. AR-15, I forget what he had, but something, yeah. automatic rifle. Yeah, trying to provoke people so that he can- He can- Protect. Protect, protect, protect people. Buildings. What it is. yeah. He wants to protect buildings. You know,
0: nobody asks that
1: kid. Nobody asks yeah. nobody, he's, nobody not, asked. Trained. Yeah. he's not trained. He's not trained for He doesn't nobody have does. the mental fortitude. Don't police go through something, or are or, or are police equal to a kid with a gun? Because last I checked, they go through something. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's just it's 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 very frustrating, I'm telling you. I've seen there was a situation where a little boy got out of jail. He he they put him into the the People are trained to just not have sympathy for black people, period. Just not have sympathy. Right. And that's one of the big problems in America. There's very little empathy for black folks. And the the little 15 year old guy, he goes to jail over stealing something and he ends up in Rikers Island. They, he's so traumatized when he gets out, he kills himself. You know, he it didn't even make sense. It just doesn't make sense half
0: of the stuff. Well, and and the reason why it doesn't make sense is because it's set up that way.
1: Yeah, and that's the reason yeah. it doesn't make sense. And, and we because got it up. It is set up to not make sense. <laughs> but it's not that's helping bad. anybody. It's not helping anybody as a country. We could be so much better. We can be so much more wealthier. We could be so much more safe for just women, all women, trans, yeah. black, white, purple, green, yellow, for all of us to just walk down the street if we can dismantle the systemic racist uh foundation that we have which hurts everyone nobody's getting, <laughs> yeah,
0: nobody's getting out free um we've talked about this before but i have mo- the most the pe- a lot of people listening right now it's no secret are are some liberal white women <laughs> that, that's that's a majority of of my of my audience um mm-hmm. how are liberal white women um contributing to the problem of white s- supremacy and what can we kind of do about that because this is something that as much as you know, women who are liberals don't want to hear this, and I and I get it. I'm a white liberal woman. I don't want to hear it either. But you know what? I, we have to hear it. Um, what What do you think that we? How are we contributing to the problem, and what can we do?
1: You know what? Right now, I think the main thing is <laughs> uh, mind your business. And and when I say that, what I mean is, every time we look at a Karen on the videos, is somebody intruding themselves. Into some black or person of color's just existence. So just start there, mind your business. And in, not in a mean way, I'm saying it with love, but you know, mind your business. If you see someone getting hurt, that's a different story. Uh, but if you're if somebody, if the extent of the conversation is they're selling water, they're they're having a barbecue, they're um they're listening to loud music, if that's the extent of the conversation. That's not that's not dangerous for anybody. And I think the other thing is really going to be you guys got to educate yourselves. There's no way around it. Our history is painful in this country, is traumatic. And that's okay. We're people. We feel pain for people. If you don't feel pain for people, that's a problem. Uh, And then also vote. Our system is upheld through our political system. So your votes need to match the the people that are screaming for help. If you're saying that black lives matter, but then you're voting for a person who does not respect people of color, then trust us when we say that person isn't good. We know, especially us older people, we know how to stay alive and, and not recognizing when people are dangerous, can get you hurt. So I recognized our last president. As soon as he said the comment about the Latinos, I was like, mm, he's talking a mess about Latinos. That means he doesn't think highly of blacks. That means he, you know, I already, cause that's how it goes. You, you don't compartmentalize it's all the same fist that punches us all. And so recognize that and know that your, your votes matter and vote like a black woman, vote like a black woman. It, that might sound controversial, but vote like oh, a black woman. I love that. I, I think that is
0: one of the smartest things I've heard. Vote like a black woman. Yes, 100%. Okay. Well, tell me a little bit about you and your business because you've been very kind to kind of go into all of these things and I love your series and we're going to, can we put that in the show notes? Like, put a link how people can get to that. Okay. Yeah. they Um, But tell me about your business and how can people work with you and kind of what you do uh, in in your business? All
1: right. What I do is I help people plan, but I, I look at it with a lens of understanding that if the, the, Direct route is from point A to B, and it's a straight line. That straight line is going to be for white men. There's going to be a slightly crooked line for white women. There's going to be maybe a underneath the line and over the fence for black. Like we we, there might be a destination, but we don't all get there the same way. And when you're dealing with uh, planning, you you really gotta you gotta understand what the obstacles are, and you gotta understand what can go wrong for this person. And plan accordingly Uh, The good thing is I'm not doing anything new I'm basing a lot of my ideas Off of uh, systemic racism I'm basing it off of things That happened during Reconstruction So if it works for Black folks It will work for everyone That's for sure (laughs) That's true
0: Yeah Um, I love it Okay, well we are now on to The speed round Okay My favorite time It's like the game show portion of This podcast Now you've earned it Let me just say that um
1: what is your theme song? It's all fun for me by the way. <laughs> um I, my theme song is Power by Kanye West.
0: Oh that's a good one. that's mm-hmm. a good one. I like that yeah song. Um okay, what is a mantra or quote you live by?
1: You know, when I was little, when I was young like in high school and college it was always carpe diem, carpe diem. But as I got older there's a quote that is rumored to come from Harriet Tubman, but the numbers might be off. But it, it goes, I freed a hundred slaves and I would have freed hundreds more had they known they were slaves.
0: Wow. I've never heard that. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes you feel unstoppable?
1: Uh, just Beauty. I love beautiful things. I love looking beautiful and dressing up and taking a time. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm wearing uh Joanne's Mally and Lily's nail polish right now. So oh.
0: I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, plug for Molly and Lily.
1: Yes, I love um just looking glamorous and beautiful. It, that's my that was it makes me feel confident, it makes me feel unstoppable.
0: I was joking with my friend. I said I would show up to all these podcasts. I don't have that much makeup on today, but I usually mm-hmm. show up very glammed up and during the especially during the pandemic, I'm like always like glammed up. And I was literally where I would wear perfume. And my husband would be like, every you day. know she can't, you know, she can't smell it through the Zoom. I'm like, yes she can. Yes, she can. Yeah. She can smell <laughs> me through the Zoom. I have my perfume on. <laughs> I, I wear everything. Just showing up in pajamas? No, I'm in heels. Like you can't see yeah. my face. I don't care.
1: I'm like I'm not. I did it. not wear shoes. I did not wear shoes, Liz. But I definitely <laughs> had my my husband was so confused. He's like, I'm where are you going? I'm like downstairs. <laughs> I'm going downstairs. I'm going downstairs. <laughs> I love it was like, it was the big joke. He's like, she's no, you don't understand. My wife is fully clothed and she wears perfume. I'm like, and you better brush your teeth, sir. You better like get it together, like. <laughs> A hundred percent. What are you most proud of? Mm, uh, I am most proud that right now in America, there's so much attention towards mental health, towards understanding uh, the economy, towards growth. And I have it all in my fingertips. That's what I'm, I, and, and I guess, so I, I'm proud that as a people, we now understand the assignment which is to improve and hyper-grow.
0: Yeah. Learn, grow, and expand. That's all we're here to yeah. do. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
0: and what's exciting you the most right now?
1: You know what? I'm reading a book about happiness by a guy named Sean Acor. And I find joy. So I was listening to um, your podcast with the woman who uh, was talking about happiness as uh, doing good. Right. And he defines happiness as joy that you feel during your pursuit to during your pursuit towards your potential. And so with that, I, I feel joy every day, <laughs> like this morning, taking my car in to get an oil change. I stopped and got a almond croissant and a taro latte, and I sat right there in my car and ate that that bad boy and, and just so I'm really <laughs> I love it. I'm happy that uh, I get to share this message from a place of love and gratitude and fearlessness, somewhat. I, I can still be a chicken when there's too many people, but um I'm I'm happy that it's on my heart to change the world. This season,
0: yes. Well, you're doing it. Let me just thank say. you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing it. That's why I want to have you on this podcast. But I do. I really yeah. do.
1: Think right. Thank well, you. Well,
0: thank you so much for joining me today. I loved mm-hmm. our conversation, and I hope you'll come back. We'd love to check in with you again
1: absolutely and thank you for keeping this space for women to contribute and all your viewers who are you know similar to you and, and different uh giving them a space to safely grow growing is hard you know sweating and all that stuff that goes along the the soreness <laughs> yes. growing is hard and you're you're giving people a community to grow with and i think that's really awesome so thank you
0: Okay, everyone, thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Okay, bye, everyone.